Guitar Stories Podcast, your number one show for everything guitar. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Guitar Stories, episode number 71. I'm Andy Ferris, and I'm with Mr. Daniel Getka. Hello, Daniel. Hello. Hey, Andy. That was rather, rather formal. I don't know why I went all formal then, right? It's, uh, I don't know. I just felt like being formal. Yeah, okay. So it's a formal episode. Maybe that's the title then. <laughs> Maybe. Well, we might need a new title. <laughs> <laughs> um, this evening, this afternoon, this morning, this today, we hopefully will be joined by Dave Simpson, who hasn't turned up yet, but I have full faith that he will, because he's a man of his word. And um, yeah, until then, Dan and I will just entertain you with our, our whatever it is that we do with that guest. Yeah, I, I gotta say, um, since I, I joined last week a little bit later, I really enjoyed the banter that went on between Martina and you. That was very entertaining. It was like 10 minutes of pure gold. Good. Well, <laughs> I, I really enjoy talking to Martina. And I love I love it when things are slightly on the edge, you know, when things are on yeah. the, the cusp of going absolutely wrong, oh, which, yeah. you know, guitar stories were famous for having technical issues. And you might <laughs> notice, everybody, that we've had some audio issues of late, and there are zero audio issues this evening, this morning, this afternoon. We have crystal clear audio we have crystal clear images it's, it's amazing, amazing isn't it it's yeah. amazing is that is that Let's still the same show i don't know i'm scared <laughs> i'm scared i don't know where i am it feels like we're on a, a different podcast yeah it feels like that um right? hello to the people who are currently watching live we've got troy collins we've got valeria we've got fergie in france we've got jason we've got Craner. uh we've got david k we've got guitar ruckus we've got april kurtz and Dr. Dan is also in the chat. <laughs> um, I decided not to stick with Willy Wawa, by the way. Dan. Okay. I thought I'd go back to just being plain old Andy. Yeah, that's I mean, okay. I've, I've got Willy enough Wawa, names. Willy Wawa really could become some sort of alter ego for you, right? Absolutely. Yeah. you got to save the world, you know, protect the effects. Oh. Whenever was... there's a guitar player that says, I don't like effects, then there's Willy Wonka on the horizon. Willy Wawa, not Wonka. Okay, Sorry. I wasn't going to correct you. I was going to leave <laughs> yeah. it in there, give you space to edit that in a, in a future episode. Um, there's someone in the chat called Bubbly Juice. That's a fun username. Hello, Bubbly mm. Juice and Fred Wolf. Um, if you've turned up for Dave Simpson, he hasn't arrived yet, but I, I hope things are well with him. I've written to him. Until then, we've got some guitar news and some gear picks uh, to go ahead with. And... Uh, yeah, well, we can we can move on with then. Otherwise, we will wing it, and um, you know we could always invite Pooh Ninja or something. Yeah, I'm sure he's not. By the way, is is Martina in the chat? Probably not, right? Uh, I don't know. Hmm. I, I can't. Martina, are you in the chat? To let us know. Uh, let us know if you are available. Um, hmm. I was uh, sorry. Speaking of Pooh Ninja, he's asked about his peer again. I was uh, delighted to be talking to the lovely Jen Majura earlier today, who has uh -huh. two peers. That's yeah. two more than Pooh Ninja and two more than me. Two more than you, Dan. Nope. You have one, one now? More. One more. I got, I got the green one, sure. Oh, yeah, you have the green one, don't you? Yeah. But she, she has the black one, which is the best one, in my opinion. Nah, and she's got, she's got a swirled one. Yeah, the white, she was telling me about the white one being turned into a swirly one. Yeah, yeah uh, that's, a, that's a pretty. Dave, oh, I've got news from Dave. He's coming on now. He's got problems. 
Well, if there's anywhere to share problems, <laughs> it's Guitar Stories episode yeah. 71. Uh, I'm just going to write to him, no problem, Davo. <laughs> there we go. Oh, I'm not going to call him Davo when he's here. That's, that's probably disrespectful. Yeah. Uh, but my, maybe by the end of the episode. Anyway, news, Dan. We're going to talk about Gibson. Um, All right. What again. And this time for me, it's not Gibson... Is it positive or is it neutral? It's kind of negative or ne neutral at the, at the worst. Um, it's it's mm. about the whole, you know, the, the lawsuit stuff again, mm. which uh, I'm not sure how much you personally want to comment on because, you know, with your job and everything. But I can say what the flip I like. Um, All right. <laughs> and I will say flip again. Um, yeah, so guitar.com, I'm just reading from there. It says, Legends, Presidents, and Back to the Future, Witnesses and Exhibits Named Ahead of Gibson versus Dean Trial. So it seems that Gibson and Dean are actually going to go to court. and Or I should say Armadillo Enterprises, the parent company of Dean. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, what's the other guitar company they have? Is it Luna? Uh, Luna, Luna Guitars, guitars? correct. Luna yep, Guitars. Correct. Yep. Yeah, like, I always thought it was Gibson's um what's the word uh strategy to threaten to take people to court and do the cease and desist and then never actually get to court so that they can't be proved wrong like what happened with prs etc um yep. so it's always and this is why they've earned the name bully company because they it's always easier to you know speak large things and, and never actually actually have to deliver on them mm -hmm. uh but it seems they're going to court next week and they've got some really interesting stuff um, happening if it goes ahead. So um, the Evan Rubinson from Armadillo says that he's vowed that the company would launch their own complaint against Gibson, seeking to get the trademarks over which the two companies were clashing. The Flying V, the Explorer, the ES, the Hummingbird, and the Modern cancelled. That's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. Um but my, my my most fun thing is they're going to be using like bits of evidence to prove that Gibson own the <laughs> trademarks, etc. And one of the, oh, sorry, two of those um, uh, pieces of evidence, or what they call, yeah, notable pieces of evidence, is Michael J. Fox's performance of Johnny Be Good in Back to the okay. Future. Fair enough. And Back to the Future Two, if, if you're going to go that far. And is it in Back to the Future Three? I don't think it is. Um, and a SpongeBob SquarePants branded <laughs> Flying V ukulele. <laughs> Like, yeah. Thoughts, Dan? Ridiculous, ridiculous. I mean, um, they they had been um, Gibson had already lost uh, the law case about the flying V in in Europe. They they were mm -hmm. in clinch with uh, with Framus, and uh, for a long time, Framus wasn't allowed to sell the the Wolf Hoffman, Hoffman um, flying V signature guitar, for instance, in Germany, because of that uh, pending case. But uh, like the final decision about that was basically that. Uh, there's no such such thing like uh, a, a trademark infringement from from Framus side because there is a clear differentiation between both brands and between the products they they stand for and also and this is like one of the most important facts um, usually any kind of shapes if you try to protect them you can only protect them for a certain amount of time and then it, it goes so if there's a you know you cannot like do a one 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 on one copy but if there's like the slightest alteration or you know 
difference between the two designs, there's absolutely no problem. You know, you see that you see that nowadays even in, in grocery stores where where the the cheapo you know knockoff brands they have like cans that are red and black and they look almost identical to Coca Cola, because you can only like protect your you can protect your brand of course, but those kind of shapes in German it's called Geschmacksmuster, which is a weird name. You know, a, a a taste sample, basically. Taste sample. Yeah, you can only protect it for a certain amount of time, and then it becomes like you know, common, common good, and and people can copy that as they wish. Uh, so I don't really see where that should be heading because there's you know, as long as they don't put the Gibson logo on the headstock or try to imitate whatever Gibson does, you know, you know, sitting in front of a camera and, and, and talking about playing authentic or stuff like that. I don't yeah. really see a reason how they could ever win that law case or lawsuit. That's just like, I, I you know, you could, you would have to dig a little bit deeper into, into the details about what they are uh, accusing themselves uh, back and forth. But in, in trial, I don't really, I don't really see that they could have a, a chance, you know, I, I don't either. I mean, what what I found funny about the Europe case when it got thrown out in, in Europe was mm -hmm. that the timing's wrong, but it felt like the next week Harley Benton released or re-released their Vs again. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> yeah. So you could get a pretty authentic looking V um, yeah. for what me felt like a week, but was, you know, yeah. definitely not. But yeah, that was really funny. But um, they've got other names uh, coming up. So there's a witness list of guitar and industry experts and representatives coming in to take part in the trial, or at least be able to be called in the trial from both sides. Mm -hmm. And that's senior figures from Collings, Heritage Guitars, ModTech, D'Angelico, Jam Industries and Eastman, and uh, Jeff Carey, the senior vice president of Fender speciality brands such as Jackson mm -hmm. and Charvel. Um, this this yeah. could be the biggest news that isn't actually involving playing a guitar in the guitar industry for quite a while. That sounds like a big party. Mm. Yeah. Also, I mean, to us, uh, for, you know, the people that are in that MI realm that are living music industries and instruments, that could be as entertaining as uh, the Johnny Case, uh, Johnny Johnny Depp case, basically, right? Yeah, I hadn't yeah. thought of that. You could you could watch that and you know eat some popcorn and just wait until, you know. Heritage, so for is, instance, uh, is, they um, have to go to court. Is Gibson Amber Heard in that case? <sighs> have, I, they I, ever, have they ever pooed in the... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. They've shit the bed a few times, I can yeah, tell you that. Yeah, but who's bad, basically, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, know if they have shit in, in, in Dean's bed or vice versa. But, you know. I mean, if you if you... Basically, like the European, uh, the, the European case was ended when uh, the lawyers kind of said that there is no ultimate product protection. You know, you can you can protect certain True. things and brands, and especially if I compare Dean V's against the Gibson V's, there's they are so different. I don't really see how that case could go in any other direction than you know proving that that Dean is not a knockoff uh, of, of Gibson. It's just, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a, I, I would have to look deeper into that case, but my gut feeling tells me that it will be a very entertaining but also short-lived uh, affair, and maybe they will just, you know, find some sort of agreement, and we never I, ever hear about it. I, I think I, I think that's what's going to happen. Um, Poo Ninja also thinks so. He says that they're about to be proved wrong or thrown out of court. Yeah, so big time. To be 
you know, to, to let's just side with Gibson to be devil's advocate for a moment. It is important to have copyright and and things that can't be directly copied. But as you said, there's enough differences, I think. And I think one of Gibson's major arguments is that people might accidentally think they're playing a Gibson or think they've bought one. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I'm sorry. You'd have to have a be a really good salesperson and be a re really dumb consumer mm -hmm. to think that. Yeah. Or unfortunate consumer, in case it's ever happened to you, if you're listening, and you think about sending an email. By the way, if you want to send complaints, send them to Dan. He deals with all the complaints about the show. Dan fourteen of six eighty-three on Instagram. There you go. Um, by the way, a Dave Simpson update. He is in the green room. He's backstage, but now he's having slight audio issues. I can okay. see them squirreling away, uh, doing stuff. Probably. Oh, I got a double thumbs up then. Uh, still squirreling. Great. We'll carry on, um, which means that, um, yeah, uh, it's more exciting because I can see Dan can't see this. And I, I didn't know until last week that Dan cannot see what I can see. Yep. So you can't see Dave backstage right now. I can. No, no, no. I, I've often in the show referred to things that I didn't know Dan couldn't see. So apologies for that. Never mind. <laughs> So, um, let's have a look at the chat before we move a little bit forward. I had an issue this week with, with gear picks, Dan. So Yeah, um, it was rough. It, it was really it's rough. Not a great week for gear, but um, there's, there's people have opinions on this stuff. People generally think that Gibson's going to lose, according to the chat. Mm. Um, <laughs> I like what Jason Welch said. Gibson hands out lawsuits like a certain former U.S. president. I'm going to sue you, you, and you. <laughs> oh, oh! Could you please do a show where you entirely speak like Donald Trump? That was really entertaining. <laughs> it even looked like him a bit. That was good. I, I, I can't do voices, so I can barely do my own voice. <laughs> um, hello to Perfecto de Castro, by the way. Um, yeah, he's coming over to Germany to Henning's Gear Street. All right. Uh, in I want to say August. Is that and he's staying over? Is that already like? Are, are you giving away like all the hot information that Henning actually wants to share later, or is that already public knowledge? Well, it's his fault for not being here right now in the live chat, stopping me, isn't it? Yeah, good point. I mean, it's you, it's Perf. Who else? Henning, that's it. Henning, that's all you need. So I'll I'm be not going to give you. I'm... We're already. Oh, you're coming. Oh, yeah, fantastic. Sure. Yeah. Uh, oh. Well, in that case, that's that's force a party. <laughs> Another great comment by what's that? Sego guitarist. Yeah, it's going to be the most special, greatest, most powerful lawsuit the world has ever seen. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, Dave, if you can hear me, how's it looking? Give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. A single thumb up. Okay, I, that that's oh, a dude. confident thumb. Yeah. In that case, um, Dan has prepared a little introduction for for Dave tonight. Um, Dan, if you would run with that, I will bring Dave onto the show. All right, cool. But maybe take maybe take your phone away from the microphone. I'm sorry. I got take a little look at the the notes I made. All right, it's my turn. It's your turn. All fact, right, I'll leave. No, no, no. Stay. <laughs> He just removed his his picture. The image is gone. Anyways, 
Tonight, we welcome British guitar YouTuber and gear loony Dave Simpson. Uh, Dave started YouTube uh, back in July 2013, so almost, uh, wow, almost 10 years now. Uh, started demoing gears and kind of created that enigmatic online personality that uh, he's now renowned for. He also already surpassed the 100K mark on YouTube, making him one of the biggest and uh, most you know, watched YouTuber for gear. And he's also an orange artist. And what makes it so special about it is that he's very confident playing his solid-state Orange Crush. Dave is also um, an active musician playing in the Dave Simpson trio, and he's a crazy fan of John Frusciante. As you would expect, he's playing the Strat, trying to create his own sound, and uh, you know he's renowned for great demos. And this ultimately led him to get a gig uh, at Enderton's to be the new creator of the sound like with or without busting the bank category. I think there's a lot of stuff we talked about, so I'm very pleased to welcome in for episode 71. Hello and welcome, Mr. Dave Simpson. Oh, hello, Dave. Hello. Are those what's it, sir? Uh, no, they're chips. I was literally. Oh, the chips? Um, yeah, I've not been able to eat anything yet, so I'm eating on the stream. She's a bit that's weird. okay. I mean, <laughs> as long as you don't mind sharing, that's fine by me. No, 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 no. no. I'll, I'll pass it through the webcam. No. Throw a chip over me. Oh, <laughs> what I do for a chip mm. like that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hope you can hear me okay. Yeah, hopefully. Sounding, sounding beautiful, guys. Um, yep. Let's just check the chat. Makes uh, People in the chat, if there's any audio issues, by the way, let us know. If someone's louder than the other one or quieter than the other one, let us know. We'll fix it uh, quicker than the shake of a lamb's tail. Mm. Hopefully. Dave Not Simpson, welcome to Guitar Stories. Thank you very much. Hello, thank you for having me. Good. Awesome. Um, Good to have you. It's amazing to have you. I, I've been watching your videos for years, and in, you know <laughs> that old thing where I feel like I know you, but we've never actually met. So Indeed. finally, we're in pixel digital form. Indeed, <laughs> pixelated. Um, yeah. Hellos. We we're we're going to do some gear picks first, Dave. Um, it was a little bit slow on on new gear in the last seven days. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And unless you know something we don't, there was not much released. No. To the point where um, Dan's cheated. Yep. <laughs> in, in in a good way, you know, and chose something that wasn't released this week. Uh, I don't suppose, Dave, do you have any favourite gear of the past couple of weeks? Uh, not necessarily new. I haven't been buying any new stuff, but um, I did just recently buy an old 1977 Vox AC30 solid state, which I love. Uh, but uh, as far as uh, I kind of live in the past with the with the gear now, I'm not really kind of like buying any new stuff. I think the last thing I got new was the Ibanez Azes, uh or AZES. I don't know how you say it. Um, mm -hmm. And that guitar is immense. Like, is that is such a great like beginner guitar? Uh, you know, semi professional guitar, professional guitar. Yeah, Ibanez don't really make naff stuff i i don't think like their their attention to detail and finish and fit and stuff like that is immense so yeah you, you don't have to say that if you don't want to do oh no I, I would happily say it because <laughs> i love that guitar it's amazing good which <laughs> color have you got is it the trem or, or non-trem uh it's ah. the non-trem it's a it's a hardtail uh which is right, really nice. yeah it's hardtails are a bit of a weird thing as well because i'm a big tremolo addict 
and I was I got my first hardtail strat, and I thought oh, it'd be good for you know different tunings and messing about with, and then all of a sudden, this is like the best thing ever. It's like just not having a ten, <laughs> temptation of a of a of a, of a tremolo or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something about I, the old old '60s hardtail strats as well. I really mm. dig them. Whenever I had the chance to play some of these, it it kind of resonated with me. I don't mm. know why. Yeah, but there's there is something extraordinarily special about hardtail strats. There really is. Maybe you should put tele. Maybe you should put like tremolos on telecasters. Maybe they got it the wrong way around. <laughs> hmm. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh, scary, scary ground. Well, um, controversial. Uh, by the way, if, if yeah, we've already done the Gibson lawsuit thing. Be careful. We're going to blow up this <laughs> yeah. week with complaints. Dan's got a full time job, you know. Um, we, if you have any questions for Dave during the show, let me know. I will put a little tick next to them so I make sure I read them out later on uh, when we get to the the Dave Simpson part of the Dave Simpson show. But first, we're going to do gear. So, so I guess your gear pick is your solid state AC30. Yes, with the old, from... uh, very old, battered and beaten, uh, seventy-seven to seventy-eight. They only made them for a year because basically they didn't do distortion. They were just like this clean pedal platform thing that they made. And um, I've seen I've seen one before ages ago, but like uh, they're not loud. You couldn't gig it. it it's a, it's an AC30. It's a forty-watt amp, but it's like whisper quiet. Uh, but for like recording and and uh, and stuff like that, it sounds amazing. Uh, it's really really nice and so, takes pedals really nicely as well. Does it sound like an AC30? Like, but just no. quieter. Does it have no? A... It's no. It's kind of it's kind of void of any tone, <laughs> which is kind of makes it great for pedals. Really cool. Uh, so yeah. if you put any pedal into it, it just like it comes alive and sounds amazing. Great. This that's exciting. Have you got a video coming on that soon, or have you um, already released one that I haven't seen? I haven't, not yet. No, it, uh, it's going to take me a while to get to this one, but uh, hopefully June. Fingers crossed. I'll get to that. Uh, fingers, fingers crossed. Nice. Okay. Cool. Oh, very. I had a, a Vox Escort for a mm. while. Um, yeah, that was brilliant. That was really, mm. again. There was no tone in that. Really, it was horrible, but <laughs> it took fuzz pedals brilliantly. Yeah, I've got. Uh, really good I've for got... That, but. Yeah, I've got the escorts as well. I've got the bass and the lead. <laughs> I love them. They're great. I had the lead. Yeah, I yeah, had the lead. They're good. They're great apps. And I sold it, and it's one of those pieces of gear that I really regret selling, even though yeah. I very rarely used it and it was full of spiderwebs. And... Yeah. <laughs> yeah the, 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 the Vox, when I got it back the other night, it was like a scene from Arachnophobia. I'm like, <laughs> it's it <was> horrific. <laughs> Get the Hoover. <laughs> right, we're going to do uh, Dan's gear pick first. So, Dave, right. um, in the show, we play a gear called Buy, Borrow, or Burn, where there's uh -huh. three of us, and we have three pieces of gear, and then you have to choose to buy one, choose to borrow one, and choose to burn one of those okay. three pieces of gear. The people in the live chat join in, and we all have cool. a jolly good time. Um, and, but you know, a jolly time is forced upon you rather than chosen. Indeed. So, you know... Uh, what's it planned fun uh, organized fun yeah and then um yeah. i go. guess dan I'd, I'd rather you go first because you have uh, i don't know are you okay to go first dan is that okay i can go first of course yeah, yeah. then you get you get your little jingle first all right Still loving that jingle. 
All right, my pick of the week is actually, like you already said, a slightly cheated pick of the week. But since it it, it was a model that was uh, a little bit overlooked at that time when it got released in early 2022, I decided it's time to give it a little bit of a feature. And I'm talking about the Maybach Maryland FM or the Maybach Maryland in general. It's a thin line double cutaway guitar by a German company iMusic Network. They own the, the, the Maybach brand. And it's a very interesting interpretation that reminded me of a lot of, uh, a lot of different models. Um, the first thing I thought about it was a, the Yamaha West Borland Signature. I don't know why, but it's kind of, you know, the shapes oh, yeah. and everything, yeah. it's, it's kind of close to that and still has a lot of kind of a very traditional vibe, like a little bit of ES-335, but also a little bit of kind of, I don't know, heritage and a little bit of famous. It's, it's like a, a wild mixture of a lot of things. And uh, knowing that um, the, Czech, the Czech people um, create incredible instruments basically you know the, all the Maybachs that, that we played and had the chance to try out they, they were all pretty good kind of tempted me to to really want to try out this guitar and uh, our friend Craner who's, who's probably in the chat he had the the absolute privilege to get uh, sent the very first uh, Maryland model that was created by the guys at iMusic Network so there will definitely be a review soon and uh, maybe we'll see some more and I was just stoked to see something so different you know we talked about the the theodore the, the guitar that nobody liked except for andy and uh, a lot of <laughs> a lot of people gave a lot of praise to gibson for trying out something new but to me the, the whole maryland design is is even more special and i i, I just i just dig it if we, if we narrow it down to the specs it's basically just a slab of mahogany uh, like i said thin line construction uh so you've got sides top back all mahogany it's a nitro lacquer that's pretty cool. That's an option for the uh, for the Maybach guitars. You don't have to. You can also have a poly coating, but uh, the nitro is definitely a plus. Uh, it's got a mahogany neck. So, Sorry. <laughs> 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 so you had a pair out the side. Make sure. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Amber Spirit pickups, uh, like Amber Spirit of Fifty Nine pickups. It's a pretty cool, pretty red guitar. Uh, and also reasonably priced. I think that's uh, it clocks in at around uh, 2.5k, which for a guitar built in in, in, in Europe is quite okay. Reasonably so, priced. Come on. For a guitar that's built in Europe. I mean, what do you pay for a custom shop Strat, you know? I, I, I don't disagree. It's just the, the pause you put in between, you know, reasonably priced and built in europe it was it was a a pregnant pulse i enjoyed it i know Um, i know but for what you get i think it's okay i i like this guitar very much now that i've seen it in cranar's social media posts and video because when my back first released the pictures i wasn't that taken by it um Mm -hmm. i like the finish but i have a bit of a thing for like ES335s where someone copies them and just sort of offsets the horns a mm-hmm. little bit or the mm-hmm. Mickey Mouse. It just bothers me when it's when it's just a little bit different. But this one is different enough to be its own thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any any thoughts, Dave? What do you reckon? Um it's nice. Again, I'm I'm not the biggest kind of hollow body user. I've I've um, because I like like beyond what's considered healthy on the game front um 
<laughs> hollow bodies are kind of like you know they kind of tend to run away but i i like that personally i like loads of feedback and, and distortion and the gain um but i'm not a big free free uh five kind of fan but i i always love the way they look but i, I know what you mean about the whole kind of like uh i think vintage do it where there's they have a free free five copy and like one horns yeah higher than the other and it just looks like that... someone's melted a free free five like, that's really exactly strange. the one I was thinking of. I just, I just didn't want to say it because I, I put yeah. on certain brands occasionally. I, but yeah, the vintage one just—they mm. did a Dave Grohl one as well, mm. and then they got in trouble, so they changed it to the, uh, and it just looks wrong. So mm. yeah, but yeah, mm. well, well priced, affordable guitars. Um, mm-hmm. all right, the my back. What are we thinking in the chat? Anybody uh, except for Karina? Anybody excited about that one? Um, Melodify says pineapple headstock. Is that a password for something? That sounds like a password for something. I don't know. But the headstock actually dates back to Larson Brothers. It's a original design for uh, of an acoustic guitar brand that was called Larson Brothers. I, I don't I don't know if they ah. are still sold, but that's I, their original shape. I can't get a close up. Is it hang on, I've got to get close to the screen. Yeah. Pineapple headstock. Is that the same like as the other a code word? It's like, you know, if you're meeting somebody yeah, yeah. shady at night in a park, pineapple headstock. <laughs> <Copy Yeah. notch. laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's like a true. safe word. Yeah. <laughs> pineapple headstock. Are you pineapple headstock? That head is a cracking you? safe word. Yeah. That's a great safe word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The safe word is whiskey. Um, I have a few of my back guitars. I have the Albatross, the SG alike, and it's up there on my top three guitars. I have the Lester, which is actually just there. Ooh. That's got spirit of uh, amber 59s in them. And that that should be a great guitar. So I'm I'm actually going to play it soon. I hope Krainer's going to uh, let me have a go on it. So I'll, I'll let you know. But that's a good choice, good gear choice, Dan. Cool. Um, yeah. At least from 2022. You know, we're, we're getting our criteria. You know, we we gotta gotta be a little bit less strict on exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. It's our show. We can do what we want. Yeah, of course. We? I mean, we we can I even think... talk about synthesizers. We did last week. I had a show pretty much. Are you into synths, Dave? I am indeed. Uh, I have one right literally oh. beneath me. <laughs> <laughs> you can never be too far away from a synth and a guitar. There you go. <laughs> Chips and synths. Yeah. He's warming up. Uh, I like it. <laughs> warming your feet. What synth is it? It's the uh, not that I know of anything. Korg monologue. It's uh, it's okay. like it's basically like you know a, a synth idiot like me who uh, I don't know what I'm doing with it. So I just kind of like go, oh, it looks cool, and I just turn things until it sounds good. Where other people actually have logic and I don't. That sounds great. That does, and it yeah, it sounds like some kind of like duck sinking. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I I find the synth world. Um amazing and and very very in, engaging but it's beyond me and mm. and you know pa- patching all those cables together i've seen absolute oh God, geniuses yeah. connect things and make great sounds and it's beyond me i can barely do mm. patch cables and patch um, i know exactly how you feel <laughs> thanks Thank i see like, alone. there's like, like pictures of Shanti with his like modular synthesizers and there's like 80 million patch leads hanging out and he's just like duh, 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 duh. Yeah. turn that it's like how give me a breakdown unbelievable right um I, i'm gonna do uh my gear pick so i get a little jingle dave uh, cool. we get to play it
the synth on that for all the synth yeah, lovers four. out there. Yeah. Pretty sure it's not a Korg monologue. I, I don't have one. It was whatever the preset was in Logic. Um, <laughs> my pick of the week is the thing that excited me most, and that's kind of the rules, whatever excites you most in the Guitar Gear world that week or, or year or quarter. And as we said, there was not much, and nothing much excited me. But I did have to choose something... And I was going to choose my Electro Harmonix B9 that I bought, which I've been having amazing fun on. Um, and you can make some great noises with that and some terrible noises as well that, that wake the neighbors, both of which are good. But I didn't choose it because um, Dan made me choose this. No, because this actually did uh, make me excited. It's a new Harley Benton. It's a fusion with EMG pickups. Uh, the Fusion T EMG HT. Those names are getting longer. Uh, <laughs> it's a satin black finish, which I think looks amazing. And you've got the T style and the S style. Uh, there's some kind of um, bridge thing on there that I can't see what it is, but it, it looks great. Um, and I've just been playing a Fusion T. Uh, and spoiler alert, because by the time this goes out and no one's watching live, I didn't like it very much. And it's not a raving review. And okay. mostly because the guitar just sounds a bit dead and flat and mm. lifeless. However, that thing probably sounds like what it looks like mm. with those EMGs in there. Well, at least I would hope. Mm -hmm. um, it's coming in at around £377, about €400. Euros. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to do very well. Uh, it's a roasted maple neck, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what else we got? We've got the, the satin finish. And what I love is the adjustable truss rod, uh, on the fretboard, the mm. wheel. I love that. That's my favorite. Yeah. yeah. Spoke with, that's my favorite way to adjust a truss rod. Sometimes I adjust truss rods when they don't need it just cause I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have for tonight? Well, just a couple of truss rods. Yeah. Just a couple of truss rods. Do they need because it? Because he no. can. Because he can. But the access yeah. is so easy. Yeah. <laughs> Just turn it's it backwards so and forwards constantly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to do like, it within <gasps> 30 days of buying it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you do it within 30 days of buying it, you're okay. Oh, dear. Mm. Um, I have actually slapped a truss rod before. It wasn't, wasn't fun. No, I don't do that. I, I was just a joke, just a silly, silly joke. Um, but they, yeah, the fusion stuff is a reverse headstock. Um, That's cool. The EMG retroactive hot seventy humbucker in the bridge and neck position, and I think it's possibly great. It's Nyato, which is one of my favorite words because I've learned how to say it. Um, Canadian maple. The only thing I don't like is it's modern C neck, which it probably should be, you know, but that doesn't fit my hand very well. Oh. I think it's a universally useless neck profile <laughs> but everyone, for everybody. Uh, Tusk nut, you know, all these things that I, I would suggest you upgrade on a Harley Benton. Harley Benton have already done it. Uh, mm -hmm. Hip shot bridge, that's the one. I couldn't remember the name. And it comes with a Dario 10 to 46. So that's my pick. The, uh, the EMG loaded satin black roasted maple neck. Harley Benton Fusion T. Mm -hmm. Very nice. There's yeah. there's one caveat about the guitar, Indy. Um, 
Cool. I absolutely dig that they 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 come with uh, stainless steel frets. But if you have stainless steel frets, you have to do a very good fret job at the factory or at your QC. That's true. So I hope that uh, whatever they send out has a, receives a proper fretage treatment because otherwise it will be horrible. Because as a uh, you know as an inexperienced user, it's, it's kind of hard. And if you if you take that guitar for fret uh, out for fret dress, it can easily you know sum up to 100, 150 bucks. So that's yeah, that's something where where I'm a little bit undecided. So I hope that they'll do a great job at QC. Apart from that, I mean the pickups alone they retail for two hundred bucks. So it's definitely like if you look just at the at the the parts, it's definitely mm-hmm. a lot of bang for the buck. But I hope that the sum of all parts is is even you know bigger than just every you know all the the single pieces added up. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I love it when Dan talks tacky stuff. It it makes me feel <laughs> like we have you know some grounding on the show. <laughs> you mean that's the boring part? Or how am definitely I supposed not. To... <laughs> that's, no, definitely not. That means that you know it feels legitimate. Whereas I'm just going, it's black. I like it. Yeah, you know. No, you it's know. Like here's the thing. I, I really like. You know, I've I've been when I was a, a teenager, I I hated to play guitars that were so bad, and I had like Squire Stage Masters, and um, I remember one of the very early. Harley Benton Tellies with a Perloid pickguard and uh, you know and a friend of mine bought it and uh, he basically quit playing and he he gave the guitar to me and I, I you know I played it a little bit and I couldn't stand it I really I really you know wanted to to get into the classic tones but it was so bad and seeing how everything has improved over time and what is possible in 2022 to get for 200 300 or even 450 bucks is insane so I think we talked about that in in previous episodes that it's a blessing to be born in or to to start playing in in these times because you get mm. so much for so little money. But on the other hand, I hate if resources are being wasted. So I hope that you know the quality for every single instrument will be spot on. Mm. It would be would be a pity to see those go to the bin. Mm. I hope so. Um, if I get one in, I'll let you know. Cool. Okay. It is time to buy, borrow, or burn. <laughs> buy, borrow, or burn. Yes, it made Dave laugh. I was hoping the whole thing would make Dave chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's always my favorite bit, just watching the guest react to that little horn at the, at the, at the end of their jingle, see right. what happens. Some people, Dave, no reaction. They're dead no. inside. Dead inside. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um Human so buy, borrow, or burn. You have to buy one, you have to borrow one, you have to burn one. We're not mm-hmm. really gonna burn them, so nobody really gets upset if we if nope. we burn your favorite thing. It's just a <laughs> just a part of the show that we're forced to do contractually. Um so Dave, we also guess for each other. So mm-hmm. that makes it you know, that 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 amplifies the fun by at least ten percent. Okay. So uh how do we do this, Dan? I always get confused by the guessing because I, I forget who's guessed for who. Um, mm, let me guess for you I... and you guess for Dave and Dave guesses for me. How's that? Okay. As long as you okay. keep track of that because I'm going to forget that. I'm going to forget that okay. as well. Got brain like a sieve. Okay. <laughs> All right, Dan. Um, before, yeah, we'll do Dan's guess for, I've already forgotten, for me, right? Uh, I think for Dave. 
Yes. Oh, you've, changed, you've definitely changed uh, it. Andy, oh. Andy, Dave, Dave, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Dave, Dave has to, to do it for me. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Let's go. I'm ready. All right. So Brace. we have uh, we have the Maybach, um, uh, the Marilyn. We have the Harley Benton Black EMG Fusion. And we have Dave's Solid State Vox AC30. <laughs> Dave, what do you reckon Dan would buy? Well what, do you reckon me, he'd buy? what do you reckon he'd burn? Um, I'd... Probably burn the Vox. I don't know, it's a guess. Uh, just because I, I haven't I like he bigged it up by saying it's toneless. Uh, it's not really great, is it? It's like you can't you can't sell like, some like guitar company going to like NAM and saying some somebody called yeah. stands like, oh what's this amp like? It's toneless. I'll have, have it. Guaranteed zero tone. <laughs> Guaranteed to bore your socks off unless you have pedals. Um I would say the May the Maybach is um a a buy. Um uh, and I would say, yeah, the the Harley Benton's the uh, the borrow. I'm guessing that's that. So yeah, Vox is burn. Uh, the Maybach is buy, and uh, the Harley Benton's burn. No, no, we were around. I've got that wrong. Ah, my brain. Um, yeah, it's hard, isn't it? See, it's not just me. No, <laughs> it's too many bees. So buy. That's the game. Alliteration. Uh, yep. Buy the my back. Buy the Harley Benton. Burn the Vox. Is that correct? Yes. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. That's what he said. Yeah. Uh, nope. Like, ah. ah. <laughs> borrow. Buy the my back. Borrow the amp just to see because if you like it, you know I've got the pedals as well. So let's give yeah. it a shot, and then burn the <coughs> knockoff uh, Harley Benton. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, why why should I try something else, right? Really? (laughs) Yeah, really. (laughs) Okay, it's your choice, Dan. It's the choice of new generation. All right. Um, before anyone else, Dave's vanished. Before, oh, there he is. Um, (laughs) how many have you got? Like a big bucket of chips on this? I'm imagining you with like a a full-on dustbin of chips next to you. It's pretty close. <laughs> spitting it on the that. webcam. Right, we're going to go to the live chat to see what the people in the live chat would do before I guess for Dave because I need some some help here. So Fergie in France would buy the Maybach, borrow the Harley Benton, and burn the Vox. Oh, okay. Oh, poor Vox. Okay. So, yeah. Something's <laughs> got to get burned. Uh, David Dillinger, Double D, would buy the Maybach, borrow the amp, burn the HB. The Maybach's doing well so far. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm kind of losing. Buy the Harley Bentons and mod them. Okay, I'd be interested mm-hmm. to know what you would mod. Borrow the Vox and burn Maybach because it's not just my it's just not my style. That's a great Fair reason, enough. Fred Wolf. Well done. Yep. Though you don't need my justification. I don't know why I said that. It's your, it's your life. Live it. Um, uh, the Mohu Cooper says the real answer should be slap the hands of whoever burns a guitar elbow cough. Yeah, it's just it's a, a game. Yeah. It's game possessed. Cooper. What if a guitar's possessed and coming at you in the night? Like, yeah. <laughs> you never know. I think... I think that should be allowed. We'll need con- confirmation from Mohu Cooper on that, but I think that should be allowed. It's the new Gibson possession uh, Chase... model. 
they might need that in a couple of weeks. Oh, uh, yeah. Jason Welch would buy the Maybach, borrow the HBs to see what the hype is all about, and burn the Vox since I already have a Vox solid state slash modeling amp. Okay. Uh, and one more. No, two more. Uh, Valeria would buy the Fusion HB, uh, borrow the Maybach, and burn the amp and marry the Onyx Black Pier. Don't. The Pier wasn't part of the choice, Valeria. That's cheating. <laughs> But I, I would marry the peer as well. To be fair, really? I, I probably would. Ridiculous guitar, that is. <laughs> David K would burn the Maybach. Wow, that's two burns. Uh, borrow the Vox and buy the Harley Benton. Yes, I got to buy. <laughs> and really? if you're wearing a light T-shirt, don't raise your arms above your head again, Andy. Online. <laughs> <laughs> it's warm in here. Yeah. Um, our Rax FX, just because I like seeing what he says. Buy the my back, borrow Dave's amp, burn Barbie Fenton. Okay. Barbie Fenton. Barbie Fenton. That's, that's fun to say. Yeah. You're witch. Okay. I got a guess. I got a guess for Dave. I think Dave would and has bought mm -hmm. the Vox, so that's kind of cheating. Yeah. I don't think he's gonna get rid of the Vox. I think he'd. Oh, this is tough. Dave, I don't know you that well. Just creating tension for the purpose of the show. <laughs> um, I think you would borrow the Maybach and burn the Harley Benton. Where's the, where's the screen? There it is. Yep, I would. That's ah, right. Yes. Yep. Yep, <laughs> I take this so seriously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was though. tough though dave mm. that was yeah that was, <laughs> that was tough knowing you know because i know you're into strats and, and the harley mm. benton is strat ish uh -huh. but also the my you said you weren't into 335s it's just, <sighs> it's i think we're always your close friendship gorgeousness uh, i'm, I'm yeah, curious to try true. it though because it's just got something it definitely has something hmm well, there's not many of them around yet, but I'm sure there will be. Um, and uh, yeah, I, makes I'll them happily... even more special, right? Exactly. Just like us, we're all unique. <laughs> I'm not. Um... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all so, Dave, would you yeah. choose for now? No, Have you no it's my no. turn for yes. It's my turn for you, Andy. Like I'm, I'm choosing. See, I told for... you I'd screw it up. <laughs> ah. Oh, well, wouldn't that be scary, that be scary if, my, if my finger would come out on that side? Yeah. I can't be do ridiculously it. ridiculously funny. Oh, I can't do yeah. it. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Which way would that be? Oh, yeah, that's, wait. That's, that's it. If you're, to, <laughs> if you're listening to the audio version, we're just diving around on camera. Okay, Dan, choose right. for me, please. All right, Everyone, you would burn the Vox because you already have a lot of amps. You would borrow the Harley Bentons just to see how good they are, and you would buy the Maybach because it's oh so special, and you cannot get your hand on a Theodore. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> Sorry. Um, I would, weirdly, and... I hate this game now because it's making me do something I don't actually want to do. Okay. But I would buy the Vox because I'm so intrigued by a toneless amp. Uh -huh. I, I'm okay. I'm I'm super intrigued by an amp that has no tone, and I'm actually considering going on Vilhaben in a little bit and checking out the classifieds and see if there's any toneless amps for sale near me. <laughs> 
then so might, might I would have to change keywords though. If you if you look for toneless amp, you might you know. Oh yeah, silent not, amp. Might not find what you're looking for. No. These are not the amps you're looking for. <laughs> so I'm gonna buy the Vox. <laughs> <laughs> On the caveat that I'm allowed to use it with pedals. Um, yeah. Then I'm going to borrow the Mybach and burn the Harley Benton. Sacrilege. Okay. Right. Interesting. Oh. Yeah, that's, 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 I don't know what Dan said, but I know it wasn't quite right. Did you get any right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. Seventy-one shows, and we still don't know each other very well. <laughs> you, to be fair, I mean those picks—they were not as exciting as you know. The Vox is definitely exciting, but the rest was. Yeah, see, yeah the Vox. That's what I mean. The Vox is exciting me because yeah. I, I, I want an amp. Dave says it's toneless. I need to try it. It's really yeah, weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly set up like a like a real like it is a real AC30. It just doesn't actually sound like one. So you have all you got like the brilliant channel, the normal channel, and the, the vibratrem channel. And if you plug right. into like the brilliant channel, you have to run the treble on full to get any kind of brightness right. out of it because it's just really dull. Uh, it's got two like Fane speakers in it, uh, the old Fane speakers from the seventies. Right. Uh, it, it's, it's just absolutely brilliant. But I was, you plug into it, and it's just like. Yeah, but you put a pedal into it, and the whole amp just goes, "I am alive!" and it just sounds amazing. <laughs> at that point, and so when you put like a Marshall Governor pedal into it, it's like, just okay. Well, I don't know what this is going to sound like. That sounds like heaven. It's amazing. <laughs> there is one for sale near me for four hundred and nineteen euros. It's down from six fifty. Is that, that a good price? Totally steep. Okay. What is? Could, do you want to divulge what you paid for yours? Uh, one hundred and forty pounds. Wow. <laughs> okay. Um, then I'm I'm getting ripped off, but I don't I don't want it that much. I don't want it four hundred euros much. No. Mm. I'll take I, it. For, I'll, I'll take be, it for one hundred and fifty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Still not getting it. Then, in that case, that was by Bob or Burn for this week. And um, now we get to do the bit where we actually get to talk to Dave Simpson about being Dave Simpson, uh, not being Dave Simpson, pretending to be Dave Simpson, all the sort of things that you do if you were Dave Simpson. Yep. I actually have a question for you. Okay. Uh, because I brought it up on a live stream the other day. Um, if you were in The Simpsons, which one would you be? If you weren't Dave Simpson, which, which oh, existing correct. Simpsons character would you be? Um, Mr. Burns, because I can walk around like, Excellent. like Excellent. evil. Excellent. Yeah, <laughs> just just hide away Damn. and be evil. See, <laughs> I thought you'd be Otto, the bus driver. I I I'm going to hair. Just well, well I'll wear a hat. I'll from... be all right. I'll, I'll, he I'll does wear be... a hat and and headphones. Mm. Like I could be Otto if, like you know, I was uh, cooler. <laughs> no, I, pre I prefer you as Mr. Burns. I think you'd make a wicked Mr. Burns. I reckon oh, yeah. so. Release I can, the hands. I've got a bad back, so I can punch over and be weird, creepy, just hiding away, being on solid state amps like some evil thing. Yeah. <laughs> he must be evil. He plays solid state amps. <laughs> um. Yeah, again, it's marvellous to have you on the show and thank, oh, you, thank you for for joining us. You were due to join us a few months ago, I want to say, mm -hmm. but I got ill and we had to cancel the whole show and you were very gentlemanly about it. So thank you for doing that. No but we finally got you back. Yeah. Um, how is life? What are you up um, to recently? Uh, 
it's really really good it's probably busier now than i ever have been it's 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 crazy 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 that's a fighting technique we're not going to do that um but uh yeah it's it's a bit bit mental like just went to a birmingham guitar, guitar show this weekend and like, doing my usual youtube things um i work i film a lot so i film pretty much every day so uh, I've had to start giving my, myself weekends off though. When, when, when I got really, I, I filmed once for about four months straight and got, got really ill, surprisingly. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought maybe I should start yeah. taking at least the weekends off. And uh, so um, I've been doing that a lot. And obviously kind of um, with the Andertons thing as well, I've been out again. It's kept crazy. I'm trying to do band stuff as well on top of that. So it's good fun. Crazy times. <laughs> hmm. We we saw some photos of you at Birmingham Guitar Show, and yes. it looked mighty fun. Was it as fun as it looked? Because it was. It was really really cool. I I've been to a guitar show since two thousand and six, um, just for one thing or another. And um, this is the first one I've been to, and I, I was kind of terrified about going. I was like, oh god, I don't know how this is going to go because um, weird enough, being a guitarist i don't actually like loud noise <laughs> um yeah. I, I get kind of like um like uh what's the word over overstimulated if you will if there's loud noise and too many mm -hmm. things lying around like guitars so but it was it was great fun and it was it, some of the stuff there is just like ridiculous and it was great to meet uh some of the people who i've, who I've been watching on youtube and seeing all the lovely guitars amps pedals basses all all that lot but it, it was nice. Uh, they, uh, like every now, every kind of like, at, like there was an hour of kind of noise, and then they would sound a klaxon, and everyone would have to shut up for half an hour. And that was a kind of a nice part where you could actually talk to people without going like that. It's like just trying to hear everything over. <laughs> of the guy in the next door just like shredding and sweet picking yeah. constantly. It's like. <sighs> does that? No. Does the the fabric curtain between the booths? Does that not keep the sound out? Uh, probably not, no. <laughs> yeah, you, you'd think being a guitar show, it'll be a soundproof booze, but no. There, there was just like just this constant like stream of like legato lines and sweet picking going on. <laughs> but that, that's kind of good because I, I went uh, in 2020? 21? Whenever the last one was. 2020. Yeah. Uh, to Birmingham Guitar Show. And it was great. I had a really good time. Mm. But I felt that it could have had some more people. You know, it wasn't it wasn't empty, but certainly yeah. it wasn't jam-packed. And that sounds like it was certainly busy. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, I, went, I went both days because I, I, I couldn't... I didn't make it round all of it in one day, so I had to go both days. And um, the first day was a lot busier than the second. And it was just literally walking into just like seas of people. Which, um, again, for somebody with crippling anxiety, is good fun to wade through. But it, you know, I just focused on the guitars and just go, "There's a guitar, so I'm happy as long as the guitars are there and I can grab one if I need to. We're okay." Right. <laughs> good. Did you have any favorite uh, favorite things that you saw? Or... Uh, yeah, there, there was a few. Uh, well, it, it's it, where to start. Really. There's, there were so many. I got to meet uh, Ben Crow of uh, Crimson Guitars. He gave me this awesome T-shirt. Um, who nice. I've been watching forever, and I love his guitars. I love, love how he is, and he's literally like the nicest person known to mankind. And there were some other guitars that I tried, um, uh, and were just like ridiculously good. Like, it's like where are these luthiers coming from? Because they're so good. Some of the guitars are just like art pieces, and like you can't play that. It's that belongs in like an art museum. 
Like the idea of actually <laughs> taking a plectrum to it is like, no, but they are incredible. And there was some kind of, um, there were some guys who had like replica, like Telecasters and Strats and 59 Les Pauls. And it's like, how have you done that? That that looks, feels, and sounds exactly like a real 59 or, or a 60s Strat or a 60s Telecaster. And it's like, okay. <laughs> Bit terrifying. And then you I really wish I'd gone now. I was I was all planned to come and then just, you know, family stuff and things like that. I couldn't come. And then seeing you guys and, and other friends at the show, I was like, oh, I really, really wish I'd gone. <laughs> There's always um, next year. I get to go to a few shoes. Yes, I, I well, I hope so. I hope I'm, I'll make it extra available for next year. Take this <laughs> cool. year off. Yeah. But yeah, it looked really, really fun. Mm. Did you did you play at all? Like, were you there as a band or were you there? Uh, as no, I was just there looking. Uh, yeah, just there looking, which which I kind of prefer to be honest. I, don't, I kind of want to be kind of. Uh, I don't really. Like, I don't like the idea of being like tied to a stall. I'd rather just kind of like wandering around like an Amos Goblin, just annoying people. <laughs> Can I try this? You know, <laughs> weird lurking, balding creature in the corner. I just remembered there's a video of me that I shot at the last one I went to, mm. talking to Neil Iverson of Iverson Guitars, where it's so loud that I'm stood next to him shouting in his ear, and he can't hear what I'm saying, <laughs> and I can't hear what he's saying. So I'm asking him questions, and he's answering questions, but they're not mm. necessarily the questions that I asked. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> That's and then at some point in the video, the noise stops, and I'm still shouting. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if I if that made it into the edit, but it was a really fun video to shoot. And Iverson really? guitars are phenomenal. Um, yeah. yeah, that made me laugh. Did you did you get to meet any new guitarists that you didn't have on the map yet? Um, any, like new faces or? Um, not particularly. No, I kind of was. Um... I was very I, I, because of the noise and everything. I couldn't see anything. Like, uh, but I, like when when things, I was wearing earplugs because it was just too loud. But when I get into a, a situation like that, my vision just kind of goes like, zoom, and I can see like this much, and I just turn into like this really like um, extremely socially awkward human being, which uh, sometimes can look a lot more ca calm and confident than he actually is inside. But. Um, there was there was a lot of really cool guitarists. Like there was uh, there was one young like, like young lad that we met on the the second day, and he he was like something like uh, twelve or something like that, and he he was really good. And uh, it's just nice to see like really young kids at guitar shows going around and trying guitars <laughs> and playing and, and stuff like that. I think it's wicked. It's really cool. And then you get like, like some jazz guys who are just like, you know, listen to me. <laughs> if i see someone doing that I, I just want to walk out to them with my fingers in my ears i'm not listening yeah. to you yeah there was one guy there was what there was like one jazz guy who, did, who was just just determined to play louder than everybody else at i'm gonna turn this amp up loud of everyone and start breaking out his jazz shops and it's like just uh one of the guys on the stall said but not people on guitarists aren't being very considerate to other stands because <laughs> it was like some stands were just like deafening compared to others, and especially there, there was one that it was great. The klaxon had gone off, everyone had quietened down, and and then half an hour went by, and I can't remember where we were, but the klaxon went off again, and you just heard this kind of like ramping up of guitar amplifiers, <laughs> and the decibel level. <laughs> 
also like yells and you can't hear yourself even think it's just absolutely brilliant <laughs> i like the idea of loud jazz that's, that's mm. i wouldn't expect yeah. jazz to be the loudest genre at a guitar no event. I, th- I think he's even <laughs> like you know, i'm gonna put some culture into these swines <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm feeling the culture through you, so it's it's working. He it did a good job. Yeah. We have a question from now. the chat. Yeah, <laughs> with no pedals through a box. No, no a question from the chat from Albus Band is favorite Nirvana album. Mine is in utero, but they all rule. Oh. So favorite Nirvana album. Um, I know mine straight away. Do you mind if I answer first? Is that cool? Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Bleach. Uh, Bleach, the first Nirvana album, but it changes on a fairly regular basis, and I'm in a bit of a Bleach phase at the moment. Uh, it's more often than not in utero. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my, I mean, I'm, I'm torn between... Uh, I don't know if anyone will say it's cliche of Nevermind, is it? But I grew up with Nevermind. But my favourite, probably my favourite album is Incesticide, which kind of isn't... It's like a B-Sides album, but it's got aneurysm on it and Dive and New World. Wave Poly. It's the most fun really album. Well. It is. It's great. It's amazing. I, I love the artwork on the in uh, Incesticide as well. It's amazing. Um, but I remember when uh, Nevermind came out and listening to that and playing Doom on the on the on on a Super Nintendo. I'm dating <laughs> myself. Oh. Super. Are Super we Nintendo. are we around the same age, Dave? I'm forty. Uh, uh, which I'm thirty-five. So, uh, right. yeah, 35. Oh, yeah. He's the baby here, right? I mean, come on. Wow. You both look awesome. a lot younger than I do. <laughs> I was like, this I'm 39. I'm telling you what, it's the solid state amps, Dave. It's the solid yes. state amps. They're sucking the tone out of your life. <laughs> uh, you've got to do something about it. <laughs> Someone's turning back on again. Quick. Throw valves at him. Get some tubes quickly. <laughs> Make him eat an EL34 for God's sake. <laughs> now, when you said you remember uh, Nevermind coming out, that was 91. 91. So yeah. I was five. Uh, okay, you've got a pretty good memory then. <laughs> yeah. Dan, I'm interested to know what is your favorite Nirvana album? Uh, the obvious choice definitely would have to be Nevermind, but personally, I always gravitated more towards Unplugged because it's got that almost frightening atmosphere. You can kind of mm. feel how melancholic and, and, and I don't know, almost like internally torn uh, he is, and, and it's just it's like the whole band and, and everything is just so so dark. I, whenever I listen to the Unplugged album, I I always think it's it's an incredible album but it's not something that i want to listen on on repeat understand mm. what i mean it's like one of the, like some of the movies that are incredible like the revenant for instance it's it's, it's such a great movie but you don't have to watch it twice mm. <laughs> right it's just yes. that's like you every now and then I, I every now and then i really enjoyed listening to the album but then you know after i've listened to the whole album it's okay and then i i i turn my attention to something else or a different style of music so yeah, but definitely, definitely unplugged. It's like unplugged to me. I I, I really dig the the format in general. Like uh, I don't like Clapton playing the electric guitar, but his unplugged album is one of the most influential albums for for me personally when it comes to playing the acoustic guitar. But because there are so many songs on that that I tried when I was a teenager, and yeah, it's just 
I, I like I like unplugged. It's so raw and and you can't hide really. It's yeah. just it's so pure. I, and uh, I think I want to change my answer to. to... Because unplugged just moves me so deeply. I, I, I'm not sure I have an answer, but currently I'm in. Yeah, it's, uh, it's slightly ironic question. as well that Kurt ran his uh, acoustic through a Fender uh, Deluxe or a Twin. Sorry, Fender Twin. Yeah, yeah. The DI is not doing it for me because I want to run a DS2 and a chorus pedal for it. So Fender amp it is. We'll disguise <laughs> it as a mother. They'll never know. <laughs> yeah. Do you, Dave, would you would you say that uh, um, Nirvana, like from their music influence and also their tone, were a big influence on on you, or is it more yeah. like the more? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. But, so I, mean, I, I grew up listening to Nirvana and Oasis. They were like the two, mate. Like so okay. I remember like being ridiculously young and listening to Nirvana, and uh, I always okay. remember, I always remember like Lounge Act was really it's the really? one. Yeah, oh. something about that song. <laughs> It's a great bass riff. Mm. Um, but we're here to talk Strats, Hendrix, and John Frusciante. Yeah. Um, I always get upset, Dave, when John Frusciante leaves the Red Hot Chili Peppers, because then yes. we know we've got a crap album coming. <laughs> and then, in my opinion, in my poor opinion, uh, but then when he rejoins them, it's all, all much worth it again. Um, mm. What is it about John Frusciante that, that, that you know, peels your biscuit? Um, everything really. The man, the man's just kind of like it was. It, it went off. It, it was really weird. I mean, John kind of like came along. I remember hearing "By the Way" on Kerrang TV in uh, about two thousand and two, two thousand and three. I can't remember which. I think two thousand and three actually. Um, and what I like the music video was on with the deranged taxi driver, and I just was like, I don't know what that is, but I like it because up to that point, I um, I just started listening to music again because of other issues. Um, and I listened to music for about, I, I wasn't interested in music or anything like that for about five years of my life. And I just started listening to music again. I started playing guitar and I was, I was playing like Green Day and Offering stuff. And then I heard By The Way and I was like, what's that? You know, what is that? I want to know what that sound is. And then coincidentally, there was a Top of the Pop special on the Red Hot Chili Peppers doing a promotional thing for the, uh, for By The Way. And they did a couple of songs first and then they did Under The Bridge. And I was just like, the guitar and the style. I didn't know about Jimi Hendrix at this point. Everything was just like, it was just like, it was one of those moments where like, you know, life changing moments. And literally I was just like, I don't, you know, I don't care about like, all of a sudden I'm not interested about just bashing out power chords and playing dookie front to back every now and again. I, 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 want, I want to know how to, he's doing that uh, because that speaks to me on a level that nothing else does. And then the more I kind of went down the genre, uh, rabbit hole the more I just kind of just fell in love with the sound and his way of playing and his expression and the way there's nothing between him and what he, uh, he when he plays there's there's like no there's no middleman it's like you can see sometimes we get some guitarists you know the, the cogs are going you know it's like oh I can do this next I can do that next I can go here and I can go there with John it's the same like Jimi Hendrix and people like that it's just an unconscious flow of of music it, it, it's nothing else it's like they're no longer um like a, a human being so i'd say so they're, they're literally just a marionette being manipulated by music and it's just channeling all through yeah. um okay. and i love i love that kind of concept of uh of just i don't think just play and john just 
he is that thing for me. And he just, he, and when I feel like, you know, I ain't got anything, uh, if I listen to something John's done, solo wise or with the chili peppers or live or anything like that, it's, it immediately gives me inspiration. I want to play guitar again. So it's mm-hmm. not that I never want to not play guitar. I always want to play guitar, but it makes me just kind of go, I want to create, I want to get better, and I want to, I want to do that, so to say. So yeah, it's just, it's everything. It's, it's crazy. Interesting. How did you think that uh, John's tone or his playing style has changed a lot since he left Chili Peppers and now that he rejoined? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would, I would say the the this, the newest album they've done, the Unlimited Love album, I would say he's definitely a lot more sparse. I mean, he's he's kind of gone back to kind of Californication kind of sparseness on the guitar. There's not there's not a great deal going on, you know. And he and uh, reading his interview with uh, I think it's Total Guitar, reading his interview with Total, in Total Guitar. Yeah. Uh, he, he said like he wanted to leave space for Flea and Chad and Anthony to shine instead of him. He just, and I think that's a very wise choice on his part of just like our first album back, just sit at the back, let it just kind of percolate, if you will, and um, see where it goes. And I, I'm not going to rush judgment and uh, 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 just kind of rush into it and be like, you know, Mr. Guitar Hero, like I was on Stadium Arcadium. I think it's a very, very wise choice. Uh, it, he always seems to be very, very focused. Like he, he knows what he wants to do, and he, he basically sticks to it like like glue. Basically, I, I, I can I can imagine he's extremely difficult to deal with sometimes because of that. But um, <laughs> that, like, but he, that that creative mind of his is just like you know, hmm. crikey. <laughs> I'm, I'm I, super... I find that sorry, no, no, no I was just going to say to to go on from what Dave you just said. The albums where he does play like Stadium Arcadium are the ones that I don't sort of connect with. I, I love it when he's just sitting back mm. uh, playing those Hendrixy sort of bluesy riffs and licks mm. and and just oozing, as you said, just oozing guitar rather than thinking yeah. about it. I think that's what it is. And the other stuff, I don't think it seems overplayed in my opinion, but it, I don't know, the band just seems better when, when he's... I think you've just explained to me what it is I like about those albums and mm. like the other albums less. Yeah. Dan, sorry. No, all good, all good. I, I, I was actually interested in hearing what you think about that because, full spoiler, I think Stadium Arcadium is the best album they have recorded. I would agree. I'm just, I I, I think it's like from, from start to beginning, there are so many super strong songs, so many great mm. melodies. And it's a, a completely different side, a more developed, more, I don't know, a, yeah, some, some, some sort of, uh, some sort of uh, natural involvement that they went through. And to me, this is the, the culmination of the Chili Peppers. And that's mm-hmm. also why I complete, could completely understand why, um, why he left, why Frushanti left, left after the album. I think... To me, there wasn't a lot to say because it was like it was two sides, and it was full of everything that uh, Red Chip Purpose are all about. And also, to to uh, I'd like to come to the defense to um, Josh Klinghoffer. I think mm. uh, the Getaway was a good album. There are Dark Necessities, for instance, one of my favorite songs. You know, mm. probably among like top top ten Red Chip Pepper songs because I think it's got a very good vibe. It's it's very retro chili pepper-esque but also has has some sort of new flavor to it so i really thought that he added an interesting flavor to the to the to that kind of chemistry in the band but i also agree with with what just dave said when whenever 
whenever um, Josh and Flea kind of jam, they have that that kind of immediate chemistry, and then you know, Chad c comes into play uh, into the equation, and it's just that that trio kind of thing where they don't even have to talk, you know. It's just like if there's, like you said, if there's a puppeteer somewhere mm. kind of controlling the three of them, making sure that they are all well connected with each other. And then, I mean, Anthony joins and then, you know, they just roll from there. But I think every every phase of the Chili Peppers had its very, very distinct um, tone and, and also type of how they, how they wrote the songs and how the songs are kind of crafted. But personally, Stadium Arcadium, best record. I would agree. My, my favorite album is Californication. Personally, I love Calif Californication. Is 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 the album I would listen to on repeat constantly for the rest of my life. But um, okay. I do agree. Uh, Stadium Arcadium is is the strongest one by far. Yeah, it's, it's just it's the best singles. Of, yeah, I mean, well, maybe not the best, but yeah, I mean, Snow it, is is just oh, I mean that is from the moment go Snow as you know, it's not just kind of like guitarists either who just kind of go oh my god what's that riff it, it connects mm -hmm. on that really melodic level and it's it's just a great incredible incredible music on that album mm -hmm. what's your favorite track uh dave on, on that album just out of curiosity uh, uh, stadium arcadium uh yeah. it's hard that be uh Hard to say. She looks to me is probably one of my favorites. I do love She Looks to Me. Uh -huh. um, okay. There's also uh, uh, Come On Girl. I really like Come On Girl. But uh -huh. I think there's something about She Looks to Me. Um, the guitar solo in that is just four unison bends over <laughs> over a chord progression. John's not doing anything like especially anything. Yeah, hits the thing, hits it sustain, hits another thing. <laughs> and then he comes back out into uh, the verse, and Anthony sings "Lost in the Valley Without My Horse, Without My Horses." And the, the imagery that creates in my head when I hear that is just like you know, just, like, oh, just take me now. It's amazing. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Great. I love your energy, Dave. This this is uh, <laughs> this is definitely one of the reasons that um, you are so successful at what you do, and, and I know you make a lot of people happy, including me. Um, <laughs> and I, I love that about you. And I'm really glad we got you on a subject that that lights your fire. No, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Be careful though, because I can ramble like nobody's business. Eventually, <laughs> okay. I'll just okay. shut up about John Frusciante. No, did you know? Right, 1992. <laughs> <laughs> We have time, you know. We, yeah, yeah. we can do you get, have, do you have a spare years. <laughs> <laughs> so, did did um did you go from Frusciante to Hendrix? Is that where you got? Is that a, a progression for you? Um, yeah, it was. I mean, it, it was weird, but funny enough, um, my guitar playing kind of journey, if you will, it, it kind of went a bit bizarre. In the first two years of playing, I went from Green Day and Offspring to Red Hot Chili Peppers, John Fushanti, and then I went to Yngwie Malmsteen. Whoa, what the hell's going on? And um, okay. all of a sudden I was like, I want to learn Far Beyond the Sun and Black Star and Guitar Suite and all this. And, uh, all the, all the, uh, Rising Force. And I, I started learning all these shred licks. And uh, this, this, this guy I know, uh, still no, sorry, called James, he goes, have you, you ever listened to Jimi Hendrix? I was like, no, who's he? Uh, because um, pre-internet age, 
which is a yep. bit of a weird thing to think about now. I didn't even have a mobile phone when this happened. And um, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, who's How old were you then? You say? How old were you then, roughly? Oh, crumbs. Um, 17. So, uh, yeah, okay. 17. And this guy goes, have you heard of Jimi Hendrix? I was like, no, who's that? And he showed me Voodoo Child's like, return. And I was just like, holy big words. Um, and I was just like, <laughs> I was like, I need to know how to do that. And became hugely obsessed with learning Voodoo Child perfectly. And to this day, I'm still learning things about that song. There's so much in it that I learned it. When I, well, as soon as, as soon as I got home, I was like, you know, oh, I, I didn't have a wah pedal. Well, I kind of did. I had a, I had a Zoom 606 uh, a pedal. And uh, nice. I was like, it's, it kind of had a wire in it, but it didn't really do anything. Um, and because it was plastic, like, you know, it was it was either really stiff or just kind of went, Meh, and just like, you know, like a, I don't know, something <laughs> wrong. And um, and it was just rubber. It was basically like, just like, the, the expression pedal was terrible. The, I, the pedal itself is great, but the expression pedal was so awkward. And I was like, I've got to learn it. And I learned how to play Voodoo Child. And then like, all these years later, I'm still going, Oh, he's doing this, and it, it's crazy. Like before the uh, the first guitar solo in Voodoo Child, you can, if you listen really closely, you can hear Jimmy kick on his fuzz pedal and his wah, and then turn the wah off before he hits the first note of the the guitar solo. And Jimmy would do this all the time, where like um, he would be playing a solo and he would just turn on the wah pedal for one note and then turn it off again, and it's. It just it was again the next level from John really, and and then all of a sudden John Fashanti made more sense because I was learning Jimi Hendrix stuff, and I was like, oh, I get under a bridge more now. I can, I know where that comes from, and then back to Kurt, uh, back to people like Curtis Knight, and then back to Buddy Guy, and you get to Robert Johnson and Sunhouse, and all of a sudden you're at the beginning <laughs> of it all. It's good fun. <laughs> it doesn't take long to get there. It doesn't, no. I was also fairly old. I think I was about 19 before I yeah. heard or got Hendrix. And yeah. I remember listening to Hendrix at the age of 15 and just not understanding why people would enjoy his mm-hmm. music. Uh, yeah. It didn't appeal to me at all. Um, it wasn't, I mean, I was just soft verse, loud chorus back in those days. So yeah. <laughs> it's not surprising me anymore. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm like that with a lot of artists. But uh I have this thing where as soon as I start liking a band, one of the band members dies. So I, I try not to like new bands anymore. Don't like Chili case. Peppers, please. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I'm officially unliking them right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's go for some questions. Uh, Andrew Moore has a question for you. How do you feel about amp modeling and impulse response cabs? Uh, they're uh, really... Tried any? Uh, I, uh, I've tried a few. I can't... I can barely work my phone. So the idea of like <laughs> um like plugging into like you know impulse responses all that kind of stuff is just like yeah, no idea of hell. But I have tried a few, but okay. what I do feel having played through basically Marshall four twelves my entire like musical life, they're not they haven't quite captured that it's the sound is there, the tone is there, the feel of it is not. And mm-hmm. it, it sounds amazing. I can I can happily get lost in it, but it, it, it's like the um, it's, it's like the bands who do ISO cabs on stage. Uh, I, I don't know how they do how, how they do it. I'll just have it in ears because 
I, I like to feel the amp moving. I like to interact with the amp as well when it goes. And uh, amp modeling and stuff like that, it, it never really just... I love it, but it never quite gets there for me. It's always a little bit... It, it's really hard to describe exactly what it is. Very probably isn't a word. It's probably like some kind of weird alien word that doesn't exist yet uh, to describe it. But it's like when I play for a modeler, it's like I'm playing for an amp that's a trillion miles away. Sounds good, mm -hmm. but I'm not actually feeling it. It's like they feel yep. weird. Yeah, there's a disconnect for me. Mm. It, again, it, it sounds phenomenal, but it's mm. a disconnect between, as a player, the the, the playing and the hearing. And mm. um, I, I, what I like is is doing like IRs to a PA, for example, or IRs recording, but hearing mm. through a cab. Yeah, um, I think that's a, a really good move. But I, I need a cab on stage. I played for years in a covers band with a Pod XT, and. Mm. Um, I never felt like I was actually playing the guitar. I mean, it was a different time, but mm. um, having monitors, it didn't. Uh, yeah, it's not the same. I was always a, a, a cab. It's not the same. Mm. It's not the same. Stop trying, trying to tell us it is, everybody. Mm. <laughs> so um, I was I was lucky once to try standing in front of two double stack Marshall hundred watt plexi heads, daisy chained together, running together on ten. Uh, that's like basically being physically assaulted. I'm pretty sure you could sue Marshall for battery uh, <laughs> at that point. But the that's feel. That's an next lawsuit. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, Marshall, I'm coming to get you. Um, <laughs> but it's so physical. And, and, and what I like about loud amplifiers, considering I don't actually like loud noise, I always wear earplugs. Uh, but it's the feel. It's not necessarily kind of, mm -hmm. I don't like being battered by loud amps i like the feel of it it really it helps me shut the, the world out and and basically just turn my brain off and then it's just music that, that's what makes me happy yeah agreed agreed uh, i'm looking forward to trying a, a kemper and a, a what's the other one axe fx soon mm. i'm looking forward to that but again it's that feeling what i did um I haven't released it yet. I've got a video where I've installed a, you know, those butt kickers that drummers oh, yeah. use for electric drums. Mm. I've installed one of those under my stool. So I'm playing with headphones on, but I'm getting the vibration through my bum. Mm. And that is as pleasant as it sounds. My, my, <laughs> my drummer uses one of those live. He has a, cool. it, uh, I, I can't remember what it called, but he's got that. He's rigged to his bass drum. So every time he hits the bass drum, it, it gives yeah. him a thump. Yeah. It was weird. I tried it once is and it? I was like, it's a bit weird for me. <laughs> yeah. Is it, isn't there something called a rattle plate for bass players so that they get the, the immediate, like they stand on it and whenever they play the bass, they get the vibration too. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't, wow, uh, John Petrucci cool. yeah. has something like that, doesn't he? He has like a something to put his foot on where he can feel the vibration of his amp or something like that. I can't remember. It's something like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I want one of those. A rattle yeah. plate, did you say, Dan? Uh, that's not a real like that's not a real oh, real name, oh, okay. but I've I've seen it several times, especially bass players in bands because they usually they have to uh, have to wear um, in ears anyways, so you know they kind of kind of get a full signal, so they need that kind of immediate response, so mm -hmm. they go for that. But I've seen it with drummers a lot as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I wonder I wonder if that could become some sort of uh, standard in 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 office uh, office work. You know. So you you just get your your bum massaged all the time, you know. 
<laughs> but you'd have to have someone playing bass next to you. Oh, you you can you That'd can be just distracting. Uh, Office bass. Uh, you can just listen to some some type of music like drum and bass. You know, boop boop boop, hyper okay. hyper, stuff like that. I don't know. <laughs> wow. Base baseboard. Pooh Ninja just said baseboard. Is it baseboard? Baseboard. Yeah, it's baseboard. Yeah, I, by Eich amplification, correct. And they do those kind of uh, the drum chairs as well. Yeah. Uh, a question we missed earlier for Dave was, "What's your favorite kind of chip?" Um, potato ones. Poker. Um, <laughs> um ones that I'm eating. Uh, homemade. Yeah. Homemade, you got a homemade in a deep fat fryer. Awesome. All right. I'm on a diet at the moment, and I had a serious hankering for chips and thought I might buy a deep fat fryer and realize how counterproductive that is compared to my current lifestyle, and it's killing me. Ah. But as soon as you know, I get my health goals, um, chips deep ahoy. Fat fryer. <laughs> chips ahoy. Yeah. Chips ahoy. <laughs> I'll, I'll, need the, I'll need a whole screen for myself just because I'll be so fat in the face <laughs> I'll, I'll enjoy it and I'll own it like one of the bad uh, the bad Mike Myers movies you know where they had those fake fat kind of oh the fat suits oh, yeah. yeah the fat suits kind of yeah. like the sumo guy yeah. <laughs> there's three two people are suggesting an air fryer they're supposed to be healthier aren't the, they missed, Missed yeah. the boat on that. All right, I, I'm. How much healthier is that? Was is that? I'm talking to the people in the chat now. Um, <laughs> fryers are like distortion pedals for food. That's that's one of my favorite comments ever. Nice Robot analogy. Robot master switch. Yeah, nice analogy. Um, <laughs> so do I need a personal a trainer, Guitar Geek? It's got to be done. Yeah. And. Do you need a PT? Is that personal trainer? Um, yeah. Or potato, potato trainer, trainee, <laughs> potato, potato trainer. Potato I need a potato trainer. trainer. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Is that is that a potato that goes on your foot, or is that somebody to train your potatoes? It could be. Hmm. Even. <laughs> yeah, that's a. Very Imagine if you if you question. signed up for the course and you went to the wrong one. You know, you wanted to be a potato. <laughs> mm. Have to train your potatoes. <laughs> I wonder. You guys are aware that there are people that fry Snickers. I wonder if you mm. would, con if you would uh, translate that into into the, the pedal realm. What would would that be like? Fried Snickers would be a rat. Frying? Fried like rat. A distortion pedal. A fried rat. <laughs> I get fried the rat. feeling. I get the feeling it'd be one of the lesser successful electro harmonics pedals. Huh. Interesting. I don't know. Or maybe no, a, not. a whammy? Fried whammy? Fried pedals? Is that the future? I think I that is. Battered, I mean, we have, we have roasted, roasted maple, battered right? Battered pedals. <laughs> imagine imagine like, you order a pedal, it doesn't arrive in a box, it just arrives in a load of batter, and you have to kind of like get it out. Yeah. My brain's going to newspaper. Yeah. Batter pedals. Batter it's probably pedals. like daisy chaining 10, 10, 10 different wah pedals right after another, like serial connection. I mean, one wah, another wah. I've done it's, five was. I've not done ten. Yeah, it's it's it starts so, to get a bit squishy. Yeah, it's so awkward. It's probably good at the end of the day. I don't know. Mm. Air fried fuzz. Air fried fuzz. Sounds like a pedal. Yeah, 
The it does. Yeah. Plays. I'd play that. I don't even care what it sounds like. I just Google it air fryer and it's... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talk, you talking can eat about... after 6pm. <laughs> talking about pedals, Dave, what do you think are the essential pedals to to, to sound like John Fruscianti? Um, there's two, Thank but you. one's kind of a get around. Uh, the DS2, the, the Boss DS2 is the you need. It, it, it's the mm-hmm. it's the one like people always kind of like oh you need a full pedal and you need a big morph and you need this and the other and it's like well no the ds2 covers all bases really and john john's had the ds2 he used the ds2 he joined the chili peppers and that's the sound mm-hmm. um you know and people say oh he combined it with this that, and the other and yes yes he did definitely but the thing is it's like the ds2 is i'm, I'm surprised of like how there's no clones of a ds2 but it's just that, the DS2 is like the only thing that sounds like a DS2, um, and and he does a great DS1 as well. If you turn it onto mode one, that's like I like the fact that like mode one to me is like Kurt Cobain. That's what he used. And then mode two is John Fashanti. So yeah. Kurt, John, Kurt, yeah. and um, but <laughs> that's the that's the number one pedal. Uh, the other one with the Ibanez Wah, but uh, any of a really good sweep uh crybabies are a no crybabies don't really work for john they're, they're, they're tuned on their sweep they're, they're just what and that's it they need it needs to be more sweepy um not sooty though um and uh you can kind of get around the wh10 because because it's got a preamp in it if you run like a, a normal wire pedal say like a vox uh wire pedal with like an overdrive pedal you can run one into the other and boost the wah and get the same thing. So there's basically just one main pedal. It's a DS2. Everything else you can get around. Okay. Chorus you can get around. Delay, modular stuff. You can you can find it. You can find it. John John doesn't really use a great deal of effects, even though his board's the size of like you know the Great Wall of China. He he basically <laughs> like you know there's, there's chorus distortion wah delay reverb every now and again. Reverb now he uses reverb all the time. Uh, and that, that's probably about it. You know, you, you don't really need anything else. You can cover a lot of ground with just those five things. That's an interesting comment that we just got from who is it? Uh, I don't know which comment you're referring to. The one you you put on screen. Okay, Matt, uh, Matt, Matt Quine. Matt. Um, yeah. I the guitar geek. That's me. Hello. Has my old DS2. I think it's possibly the worst sounding pedal I've ever owned. Yeah, I bought Matt's <laughs> DS2, and I'd forgotten that. Uh, and it gets played very regularly. Uh, I, I I have a bit of a fascination for the DS1 and DS2, but more more DS1 if I'm honest. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I could, DS2's I could talk about the DS1 battle. for an hour if you like. Mm. They DS2. I, I, I absolutely agree with you. Why are there no clones of the DS2? Uh. There's a fair, there's a few like more DS1s and and a few modded DS1 mm. clones, but generally speaking, the DS2 doesn't get uh, uh, cloned. No, it's just really But it, it does depend on how you use it. Yes. I, I like the way that John uses it very much. If you're going to power chord it away, I can understand why Matt says what he says, but mm. I, I like it with, with the, again, with those, those, those bands you were talking about and that solo, I like the way John just almost, he almost plays the wrong notes sometimes. Almost. Mm. Yes, I know. I know. You mean. He kind of well, not the wrong notes, on. but the the unexpected. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It verges on 
the kind of like you know Perks kind of ear off is a bit like Rory Gallagher in that way. When Rory would play some notes, you're like, hmm, that was interesting. <laughs> it just makes you kind of look guy like yeah, you know, it's like head to the side mode. But yeah, yeah, that <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, I, I love it. I mean, the thing is, a lot of people. It's a diva pedal. Uh, I call it a diva pedal. It's like the WH10 Wah by Ibanez. There's certain pedals that demand you do what they want. And the DS2 is that. It's like, you know, I don't want clean signals. I want slightly distorted or distorted signals. If you give me a clean, I'll sound bad. And no matter what you do. And it's just a bit of a diva. But when you give it what it wants, all of a sudden it's like heaven. Absolute heaven. It's so smooth and violin-y. And I just, I, I just love it. Every time I turn it on, I'm just like, hog heaven. It's amazing. So what, what is the secret to giving the DS2 what it wants? What do you need to give it? Uh, semi, it's like a slightly broken up, dirty, clean tone. Like it, it doesn't do clean. Uh, like it's like the Ibanez, the Ibanez Wah. When they, when Ibanez reissued the V2, uh, UH10, uh, in I think about 2010-ish. Uh, a lot of people complain, saying, oh, it's just, it sucked all the life out of my amp, and my amp sounds crap now, and, uh, you know, it, it doesn't do this, and there's a huge volume jump when you turn it on because of a preamp. So you have to run the preamp low, which makes the wah weak, and it doesn't do the jump thing. Um, so for a long time, I was kind of like a bit of kind of like, you know, oh, this is rubbish. But if you run your amp slightly distorted like John does. I mean, John's amps aren't clean. They, they, they sound clean because that's what the microphone's hearing. In the room, it, it won't be. Uh, and on stage, it, it definitely won't be. It'll be, it'll be a, it's that plexi clean, you know, it, it, where, where it's, it sounds it, but it isn't. ACDC, you know, mm -hmm. uh, as a casing point. It sounds really clean, but it's not. And um, if you give it that kind of nice, squished, compressed, overdriven amp signal... They don't destroy your amp's tone. They don't, like, you know, there's no volume jumping this on you. But um, John's tone's deceptively dirty. It's a lot of people kind of like say, oh, I can't get the volume jump. Hence, when Ibanez withdrew the V2 and bought out the V3, they put a master volume on it, which, in my opinion, weakened the pedal. Not a great deal, but by about 10%, it weakened the power of the wah. The power of the wah. And um, it just kind of made it a bit less of um, of what it should be. And I say it, a lot of people kind of, I get a lot of questions like all the times, like, you know, well, how do I get rid of a volume jump? And it's like, well, if yours is still jumping, it's still too clean. You know, it, mm -hmm. and it's like, all well, right. now it sounds too distorted. And the, the, the key to John Shanty's tone is if it sounds distorted, you've got it. <laughs> it's because um, <laughs> it, it, in the room, it sounds like you could play it. it in the room, if you put like a, a Les Paul into that John Clean tone, you can play ACDC. But with a strap with really low pickups, it it does the jump for shanty thing. Hmm. Thanks, Dave. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm actually gonna. That. I'm gonna. No, no, definitely not. That that's dropping some truth and knowledge bombs on us. I'm gonna plug in my SV20 in a little bit and uh, have a little cool. raz with the strap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, that is our show, ladies and gentlemen. Dave Simpson has been uh, an energy life bringer tonight, <laughs> and um, thank you, mate. And I, thank I you. must admit, I'm a little bit offended by the chip eating because only because I can't have any, you know. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll, 
<laughs> I hope they were disgusting, and I hope I wish you bad health the rest of your life. <laughs> they were. I'm super envious. I've actually been put good, on good. Life. Yes. Yeah. I'm a happy boy. Um, yeah, thank you. What What's next for Dave Simpson? Um, you're going to be back at Anderton soon, or, or are you going to be doing um, some more band stuff? You more band stuff. Booked? Yeah, gig, a gig at the end of this month. Um, rehearsals and uh, rocking it rock about quite a lot. Backwards and forwards this month to one place or another to see family. Uh, more videos. Toneless boxes on the horizon. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm actually really looking forward to that one, because it is. It's like, plug it in, it's like... Nothing, nothing, nothing. Pedal free. Um, uh, <laughs> but uh, yes, like that. Uh, hopefully, more, more gear coming this way. It's always fun. I hope so. Sounds like fun. I need to start commenting on your channel because I'm watching videos. But I always feel weird about commenting on other people's videos because, like, hey, look at me, attention, please. I know That's exactly how, I how you. Yeah, I know what you mean. It feels like you're kind of like trying to steal attention away from somebody. It's like I'm desperate. It's like, no, I'm just trying to support I mean, people. I am. I absolutely 100% <laughs> am. But also, I just want to say hi. <laughs> but now I shall. I can't wait for that Vox video. Uh, Dan, would you please ask our audio listeners to review and leave us five stars, please? Yeah, all right. As usual, if you enjoyed this episode and if you enjoyed the Guitar Source podcast, make sure to grab your cell phone or your wife's cell phone or Dave Simpson's cell phone and give us a five-star rating on iTunes or leave us a rating on Spotify. Yeah, there it is. Because it will help us to, it will help us to spread the word, get more guests on the show and make sure that we make it to episode 100. Can't wait. Can't wait. Yep, me neither. Me neither. Dave, thank you so much for joining us, man. It's been a blast. No, thank um, you very much. I, I feel inspired to play to play John now, so I'm, I'm going to awesome. go and murder some snow, I think. Oh, I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, I've never met a person, like, literally, I was, I was having a conversation with Guillaume from Toman, guys, who can actually nail that, like, in a steady tempo throughout the whole course of the song. Mm. It's so demanding, isn't it? It's a workout for sure. Um, Dave, to. Dave disagrees. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> come always, on, Dave. Ten minutes easy. of snow. Uh, one second. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see right. that. Like, like really, right. I, I've seen so many bands playing that tune, and they Ugh. always kind of, you know, get lost in in the in the uh, in the tempo throughout the course of the show. Okay. I don't know how you'd be able to hear that. Uh, if anything. Oops. Can yeah, very loud, very perfect. Very clanky and unplugged electric guitar. The trick is when you start talking over it and playing it, and people are like, how are you doing that? <laughs> yeah. John Shanty noted. You just end up playing it. <laughs> what's, what's, your, what's the picking pattern? Like, how, how do you um, do it? Like, do you up, down, up? Is it alternate picking or? Come on down here. Uh, so it's yeah. kind of so down, so down, down, down. Uh, no, down, down, up, down, and then that that little part of that diddly dum uh -huh. um, is an, a kind of an up pick. Uh, John John actually plays it in a really bizarre manner. I play it differently to John. I tend to use my um, little finger and ring finger. John uses these. Uh, uses that. He does like John plays like. Uh, 
which is really, really weird and quite awkward. Mm-hmm. Whereas I find that is a lot easier. Um, mm-hmm. It just flows better. But uh, it is, I mean, it's one of those things that I think it, it, it's like, you know, when you're running scales and stuff like that. I think it's just one of those things, if you keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it, eventually it just kind of locks mm-hmm. in. And the less you can concentrate on it, which like anything on guitar or bass or drums, the less you actually think about it, the, the better it is because you can relax. And again, once you can actually talk over something like that and play it, you know you've kind of got it because it's just, it's just good... muscle memory then. Yeah, yeah, that's a good tip. That's a very good tip. I got I to gotta try that. But like I said, I've, I've, I've seen so many performances of bands that kind of almost got it but you know they were always a little bit shaky when it came to to the tempo so to me it was a little bit like like a a james james hetfield's downstrokes yes you can nail like master of puppets throughout the Mm. course of the whole song then you got it you know yeah yeah so yeah the message in the bottle thanks for showing us how to thanks yeah (laughs) i'm 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 gonna make that a guitar goal i'm trying to set some guitar goals recently just to be clear and focused and that's gonna be one of them thank you for that Dan, I will speak to you very soon. Dave, let's get you back on the show at That'd some awesome. point in the future. It's been great. Um, I wish you the very best, Andertons, with the you. band and with the channel, and looking forward to particularly that Vox video. But, um, yes. Now I feel legitimate that I can say hi in the comments, so I, I shall. Yes, please do. Please do. Thank you very much. Approved. <laughs> okay. um, everybody watching live, thank you for joining us live. And if you listen on the audio version, please drive safely or eat your breakfast and pay attention to your family, whatever you're doing. You know, give them time as well, not just us. It's not all about us. We'll see you very soon. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs>